0: top agents playbook is for you the modern real estate professional looking for new and proven ways to grow your brand and dominate your market i'm ray wood and each week we take a behind the scenes look at the very best marketing tactics and strategies required to get you and your message in front of a lot more sellers thanks for spending some time with me today now let's get started well hi everybody and welcome back to the show Ryan Smith is founder at Launch Your Farm and believes farming is the future for real estate success. He's on a mission to share his project, Launch Your Farm, with the real estate world and to ignite the same excitement in other agents. Ryan became passionate about geographic farming after relocating a number of times over his 14 years in real estate, forcing him to rebuild his business multiple times. Having tried almost every strategy in the book, he quickly realized that combining his strategies and tactics in a hyperlocal fashion was the best way to build momentum and success in real estate. That was when he become, became a real farming fanatic. After coaching, training and interviewing some of the top agents across North America, Ryan realised his true passion was working with other agents to help them reach their full potential by developing systems and tools to build the best geographic farming foundations in their local markets. To learn more about geographic farming and how to grow your business, head over to www.launchyourfarm.com to get access to the show, which is Ryan's podcast, marketing ideas, resources, and more. Ryan, welcome. How are you
1: doing? I'm doing great, and I'm so glad to be here. I'm looking forward to this.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you for your time today. Uh, Farming is one of my um, um, passions as well. Uh, It's just, it's it's funny, you know, um, I'm hearing more and more as this market's changed, I'm hearing more and more agents go back to this farming idea. It's like, they think they're going back to the seventies or something, but it's something that I think many of them shouldn't have really stopped in developing these relationships um, with potential sellers in their area and buyers here in North America. Tell me a little bit more about your philosophy around farming and launch your
1: farm. So I will give you the huge version scrubbed down into a small, tiny bite-sized piece of what I believe. So the core principles of what I believe in farming is to start is it's not Postcards and door knocking. I always say those are strategies that you can do in farming, but those aren't the. That's not what farming is. And people say all the time, they think, "Oh, it's I got to send postcards and I got to door knock there." And yep. I always say that those are things you can do, but the core fundamental of what farming really is about is what I call CPR. And whether you, agents know it or not, the fu- good foundation of a solid farm is community positioning. And relationships. So you have to have the community that you focus on and that you serve and you put that community ahead of the transaction. And so many agents spend their time or traditional type of farming was all about beating their chest and saying how great they are and sending out postcard for post- postcard just saying, it's me, I'm the best, I'm the best. And they forget that th- it's a community they're serving and those people have needs, desires and wants and they need to be felt wanted and, and desired then you have to position yourself as an expert and an ambassador. So you want to be that champion for that community. you want to position yourself in the best possible way that shows that you're an expert. Now, it doesn't mean you have to have sold more homes than anyone, but you can do that in multiple ways. And that's some of the things I teach is how to position yourself. And then lastly, the ultimate goal of farming is really to build relationships. So it's either to get new relationships or strengthen the relationships you have. Now, what strategies you choose to do in your farm is going to dictate how you end up there. But at the core, you really need to have those three things in place. And if you don't, you're going to be missing a big piece of the pie and and not really reaching the full potential that you could. So that's in a nutshell.
0: Yeah, I like it. Okay, makes a whole lot of sense. I was invited to speak last week, actually, at the Reality Plus a conference uh, here in Toronto. Um, and gosh, I've forgotten the lady's name. Um, I'd love to get her on the show because she was awesome. I don't think she's any longer with the Corcoran Group, but she did head up the Corcoran Group okay. uh, for Barbara Corcoran uh, in New York back in the day and, uh, and did very, very well. But she said something I found really interesting. She said, We've spent a lot of money on studies um, and and you know marketing, and we've found that the agents who say they're number one and put it all over billboards rarely get any business from it. Um, and it's something that I've always thought too. So, I think we're in this time in this in this digital era where agents are kind of confused, especially new agents are kind of confused because they're seeing all of these amazing amazing emails come through their their inbox uh, with all these promises and all of these different results and things and they're wondering do I do a facebook campaign should i be on youtube there's a million different options and yep. i think they're a little bit like the deer, a deer in the headlights so um Bringing all of that back to, I mean, that's all stuff that you can do if you're focusing on a geographic area. And I'm, yep. I'm sure you'd agree with that. So let me ask you a couple of questions around a farm because I know I can just hear uh, our listeners asking asking this as, as <laughs> get to it, right? Um, what, is, what is an ideal
1: uh, number of, of contacts to have in your farm? So that's a, a short answer to, to a long answer is that it really depends on your budget. You have to start with your budget in mind first to know how and what you're going to do. Because what's an ideal number for me may not be an ideal number for you. I've coached agents who've had 280 homes in their farm and had tremendous success. And I've had people try 2,000, 20,000 and and not have success. So it starts with your budget. And when it comes to budget, I always say it's not just financial budget. It's your time budget, your resources, and your energy as well. And you have to be willing to know what am I going to invest in this? And that will then dictate how many. Now, if you're looking for a general rule of thumb, I would say between a thousand and two thousand homes is a good number to start. It's also going to depend on what type of strategies you're doing. So if you're going to be time-heavy because you don't have the money. If you're a newer agent, so you don't have a lot of money to invest in traditional type marketing, then you're going to have to be time-heavy. You may want a smaller farm. If you have the resources to kind of reach more people and you can spend that money, you might choose to go with a larger farm as well. But generally between 1,000 and 2,000 homes is enough of, depending on if you chose the right farm for you, uh, is enough to get a consistent business to reinvest in the business and take a good market share where you're growing a really solid business.
0: If I'm in my first year and I'm watching my pennies and I'm just being a bit careful and I'm wanting to dip my toe into this launch your farm pool. Yep. Would would 500 be a good starting place? Is that's that... exactly
1: what yeah. I was going to say. If you're getting started, 500 is a good uh-huh. number. And yep. and you can choose an area that has more homes. So this is the thing that other people think. They, they think I have to choose an area that has the number of homes that I want to farm. Yep. When you're starting, you can have an area that has 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 homes, but start with what I call a micro opportunity in that farm. Yep. Choose an area that you're going to be able to hit consistently financially and time-wise and build your name in there. The rest of the 2,000 people doesn't know that, or the, sorry, the five hundred people doesn't know that you're not you're not sending and doing things to the other two thousand people in the area. Yep. So you yep. can consistently get in front of them, what much more effectively, and and grow your name. Then you can leverage the deals you start getting in those five hundred homes. Correct. To spill yeah. off One, Into the next.
0: Once you start getting winning listings in in your five hundred range or five hundred area, you're going to get some ripple effect happening exactly. from uh, from listings and sales uh, outside of that. Um,
1: are you in Guelph,
0: Ontario? Am, am I right? Where Where are you based? No, I'm
1: I'm down in Niagara. So my office is in Burlington, and I'm I'm currently okay. In, in. Okay, okay. Um, so, well, let's use Burlington, Ontario.
0: For those of you who don't know, Burlington is a is a is a gorgeous suburb. Um, uh, what are we west of uh, west of downtown Toronto on on yep. Lake Ontario, um, uh, near Oakville, and and just before uh, the Hammer Hamilton. Yeah. Um, and Bur- Burlington would be how many thousand residences, give or take, would you say? It's I about 180,
1: well. 180 190,000
0: last year? Okay, it's massive. Okay, and it's growing all the time. So yeah. naturally, my farm is not going to be 190,000. So here's a here's a question for you, Ryan. How, if I wanted to target Burlington and g'day to Justin Long Carrick, if you're listening to this, Justin always tunes in and he's a very uh, successful Burlington agent. If I wanted to target Burlington, um, uh, higher turnover in Burlington, I don't just pick uh, 500 or 1,000 homes that I like the look of. How would you suggest I target my neighborhood?
1: So I would say there's a, a few things that you're going to want to look at when you're choosing the area. And one of them, like you said, is turnover rate. And for those who don't know, if you're listening and you don't know what turnover rate is, that's the number of homes sold in a 12-month period divided by the total number of homes. So if there's a thousand homes and you have a hundred sell, that's a 10% turnover rate on average in Canada, where we are, we're looking at about a 5% turnover rate, just to kind of give or take as an average turnover rate. So what you want to look for is not just the turnover rate. And I'm going to, and I, I I use this all the time because some people always push just turnover rate. And that's a metric that is important, but it's not the most important metric. Yeah. It's like saying, I have high blood pressure, therefore I'm, or I have good blood pressure, therefore I must be healthy. There's other metrics that have to be t- taken into consideration when you're looking at your health. So competition is a big one. So is there anyone else currently farming that area? Not doing business in that area. And that's a big thing that people forget about is they think, well, there's agents that are doing deals in my area. And I always ask, are they farming your area specifically? Cause there's teams in, in Burlington that are doing 400 deals a year. So just by nature of the volume of deals they're doing, they're going to have a large number of deals in each neighborhood. Yes. So it doesn't mean they're farming. So competition is an important one. The one of the things that I coined, I call it the total farm value is how much money is coming out of that farm completely. So if you got every deal in the area on the buy side and the sell side, how much commission could you extract from that? If it was a, a, a gold mine, if you were going to pull out of there, what's the total farm value? And then you want to say, okay, how much is there? And then work backwards of how much market share could I get? And then that'll give you, okay, let's say I want 10%. Here's the number I could get, or I'm aiming for then you know how much I'm willing to spend and how much money and energy I'm going to put into it to to try to get that. Yeah. Also, another thing is style and types of home is another important factor. So this is something that some agents don't think about is price point and style of homes matter. Where like when in our farm, so we farmed in the in Burlington in the orchard, and it had a great mix of homes. There was town, or there was condos, there was townhomes, there were small starter homes, there was next level homes. And then there was grand homes in there. So you're getting various price points. You're getting people moving up and moving through that neighborhood. Then you can go to somewhere like Ancaster. And we were looking at an area and we were trying to pick a farm. It was all executive homes Mm -hmm. on paper. That seems great because they're all high price homes and they're large homes, but you usually get people moving through there once. So they come in, they get that house, they stay there and they move on. So you want to look at the turnover rate, but also the rate that people stay in that neighborhood. And that's a little harder to, to calculate just by doing simple numbers, but it does take some experience. And if you know the area, you can say like, are people staying in this neighborhood? Are they staying here because their kids are in school? Are they moving up? Are they moving here temporarily and then moving to another area? So that's something you want to consider. And then another thing that's important is also is, do you like working that area? And for some people, that's a deciding factor. It's not always my deciding factor, but some people, they choose it because it's like, well, I like this. I like the style of homes or I like the neighborhood because I live in it. You have to be happy with what you're doing, but that doesn't mean it's the best way to 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 choose a farm so those are a number of things you want to consider and you kind of have to look at it holistically and say is this the right farm based on all of these kind of factors okay so
0: before i mean before we start you know spending money and blood sweat and tears on 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 an energy naturally on on farming in an area in any one area we want to be really sure that we've selected the right area because it's not something you want to start on and then move on to something else in six months so if i'm researching this let's call it turnover Am I, am I looking at um, sales data for the last few years? Am I looking yeah. at addresses and plotting them maybe on a map and spending a couple of days really coming to terms with where this high turnover is? I mean, you've got a part south of the Queen Elizabeth Way uh, on the lake which I'd kind of call old Burlington and old Oakville and these areas where traditionally there is less turnover because they're more established families. They might be retirees. They're people that don't need to leave. They don't want to leave because they love it there. Why would you? So uh, as opposed to the areas that might be, and again, I'm just talking local geographics here, north of highway five on Dundas where you've got new families Uh, I call it Nappy Valley, right? So people are coming in and they're going, boy, we need an extra bedroom, so we need to step up to a three- or four-bedroom home. Um, Therefore, the turnover is higher. In Burlington, and let me just throw you this curveball, there'd have to be a 1,000 agents, wouldn't there, or more? It's
1: crazy. Yes. So So The the great thing is I can tell you from my own experience because I did work there and I can tell you from coaching and training other agents, there's very few agents who actually farm and farm at a high level. Okay. So there are there is plenty of opportunity. That's the good is, news. I, I yeah. get people coming to me all the time Go, going, oh, I can't. I, there's all this competition. I'm like, I guarantee you there's areas that are untapped, that have yep. not been farmed, that even if there is someone farming, you can do it differently or do it in a, in a, in a better way than they do. Yep. So I wouldn't be focused just on the competition. However, when it comes to the turnover rates, again, it's not always the the... The most important when it comes to turnover because I, I coached someone who started and there was a three and a half percent turnover rate and by all standards, someone would say, well, that's not a smart turnover rate, but we were looking at the, the, the numbers and the demographics and it was in Aldershot, which is yep. even further West of Burlington. Yep. And the area was turning over at the time. There were a lot of bungalows or people who'd been there for 40, 50 years. they lived there their whole life and they, they're still living there and they were starting to sell off their homes and people were coming in and developing and building these big monstrosity homes. Well, yeah. the turnover rate shifted and changed. So you asked earlier about the, the, how far back you should go. And I think it's important that you really do your research and it does take time. And this is where agents come to me all the time and they want some easy, quick pill. They want to just hit the button and go, tell me the best farm. It takes time. It takes Oh, you research. mean you don't
0: know that, Ryan? <laughs>
1: exactly. It, it takes a no quick research. fix to this. I, I um, wish there was. If there was, I'd be retired somewhere on a beach because I'd sell that quick thing. So, it does take time. You it, like you said, it takes a few days to sit through at least to go down, do your research, and really dive into it. And I think when you do that, you also have a better appreciation for the area you're farming and you're ha- able to see opportunities in that farm when you're really taking that deep dive and yeah. looking at the numbers.
0: Yeah. Now... Do my area, do my 500 or 1,000 or 1,500 homes, do they need to be all physically joined in the one area or can I have, say, a patch in the orchard in Burlington? Again, I'm talkling, talking lo- locally um, or a patch north of, of Highway 5. Can I spread it out or am I better concentrating everything in the one area?
1: You can. And prior to my farming in the orchard, I tried something I called upper middle home, upper, upper middle town homes Because yep. if you know Burlington, yep. it's one of the main stri- stri- strips that go through, and there's a lot of townhomes. So I thought oh, I'm going to focus on townhomes in that area. Yep. What happens is you become disconnected. And depending on the size of the area you're living in, what the kind of the, 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 the geography is like, and what people are like, it can be disconnected. And when you live it, and when it's all in one area, you get the compound effect in a much stronger way. Because- yep. They see your signs, they they see the things you're doing, they see the involvement you're doing, and it starts to layer it. And I've always said I'd rather have five signs in one neighborhood than one or five signs in one neighborhood than one sign in five neighborhoods because yeah. you're going to get that layering effect where people are seeing what you're doing and the it becomes much more efficient to do and it becomes easier to grow it. So if it was my choice, I'd rather see you do it in one concentrated area. Yeah,
0: yeah. just letting you know that your dog's on the furniture. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> He makes how, himself comfortable. It uh, looks like it. Now, tell me, um, if I'm reaching out and connecting with these people or I'm getting my message out there, uh, and I always say, you know, somebody woke up in your neighborhood this morning and decided to sell, if they didn't call you, it can only be because they don't know about you. So how with your coaching, how what kind of methods are you suggesting that, that uh, your coaching clients use to reach out and connect with people in their area? Um, in addition to the standard flyer drops and that sort of thing, I guess.
1: Yeah. So I'll I'll dive into a a method that I've developed, which I call the scope method. And it's really creating a balance in what you're doing. So you're having the highest chance of connecting and creating those relationships. And scope stands for self-promotion, community, online, offline, prospecting, and education. And if you want to reach the people in the greatest way have the biggest impact and connect with the most amount of people and get the most potential, you need to make sure that you're doing all five of those things in your marketing. Some of those can be done from the same thing. So some of them could, you could do like a newsletter that is self-promoting, but it's also educational and it's community based. It's an offline tangible thing. Yeah. But what happens is most agents when they do traditional farming is they're doing one of those things or two, they may do the self-promotion. So they're out there, they're door knocking saying, Hey, I'm, I'm an agent, or they're sending out postcards saying, Hey, I'm the best, or I'm, I'm an agent. Just remember my face. Just remember my face. Sometimes they'll tack on Uh, prospecting behind it. So they may go out there and they're prospecting with the self-promotion, but they're missing a lot of opportunities with education, with online and offline marketing, and with community involvement. And I think if you want to reach people, you have to get them in different ways because certain people resonate with certain things. You may have a husband who loves the postcards and gets that, he's maybe he's the guy who gets the mail every day and he's the one that sees the postcard. And maybe his partner doesn't, maybe they're involved in the community and the community aspect is the the part that grabs them. So you have to reach people in different ways. And this is where I call, what I call strategy stacking is you start to layer the strategies you do. So they start to work together. So it creates, it's like a safety net so that you are reaching people in more efficient ways, more efficiently with your time and you're getting people all across the board and you're connecting with people instead of just one thing you're getting started, you may need to choose just one because you may not have the budget, the time to to do that. But sure. ideally, if you're going to build a strong farm, you need to make sure that you're reaching people in all of those ways.
0: Okay. So we're in the digital age at the moment, and you mentioned uh, online, which is the the O in your scope. Yeah. What kind of online strategies are you using to uh, to make these connections and to, to, uh, to try and break the ice or at least start a conversation with a, yeah. a new contact or a potential seller?
1: so i think it's perfect because you said conversation and that's the key here and this is where i think most people forget is they they think of farming as a push message and they try to push themselves out there. And one of the best things you can do online, in my opinion, is Facebook groups or any type of local community groups online. Because what happens when you are part of those Facebook groups, whether you're running it yourself or you're an active member in one of those groups, is you're connecting with people from a conversation level and not from a marketing message level. And you're able to jump into a conversation. And I always say Facebook groups are like an online party where there's conversations happening here at the party. Some people are over here talking at the party and you can kind of bounce and go back and forth and have conversations and connect with people and build relationships. If you're just pushing out a message saying, I'm Ryan, I'm the best, and you're beating your chest, it's not creating those conversations. So from an online standpoint, one of the most effective tools and cost effective is those Facebook groups. You can then start to layer some of those other things you're doing. in with the Facebook groups, you can use some self-promotion. You can do some education stuff. You can do some community-based stuff and use that to, to really pull it all together.
0: Okay. Are you a fan of of setting up your own Facebook group with 100%. not necessarily under your brand name because you just look like an agent, um, giving it a real local focus and and yep. and offering some kind of value add? Talk to me a little bit more about that.
1: Yeah, so one of that's one of the things I talk about all the time is I, I th- believe you really should be focusing on creating a community group around the neighborhood that you serve, mm-hmm. and yep. the other thing that I I'm a big believer in is branding yourself around the neighborhood that you're farming as well. Exactly. So when we started ours, we were the Orchard Real Estate Team. Yep. So we were branded as the Orchard Real Estate Team. It wasn't Ryan Smith. It wasn't Andrew, my partner. We were Orchard Real Estate Team. So we had our branding around that, and then the community groups are based around the community you serve, and it should be. Community focused. Now you can pepper in some real estate stuff. You can pepper in some things that are people will want to see and hear about. But the real truth is that if you make it about the community, the community will want to be involved because they care about themselves. They care about the what's in it for me. So if you're sharing local content, local information, you're letting the the community have conversations about the community they're in, it becomes much more organic and you have a much higher chance of connecting with people on a personal level and not just a transaction
0: level. Is is this something that you've done in in your
1: Niagara area at the moment? Uh we just moved down here last year. It's oh, our you? next okay. it's our next stage for for okay. my, par- my partner she's started a farm down here, so nice. we just started that. So we've kind of laying the foundation in the next level in, in spring we're doing that. Okay. Uh I've trained agents who've done it and I've had a lot of success with it. Yeah. But it it does take some time and it takes a long-term commitment to doing. Yeah,
0: it does. It's not something you can start and forget about and try and pick up. Yeah. Now, wh- when you do that, how often are you adding kind of real estate content in there? Like if you get a if you get a ripping listing in, well, let's go back to the orchard, uh, and you've started this orchard community group, and you're posting local happenings, and there's yep. been a change to garbage pickup, or there's a there's a fundraiser going on, and then you get a gorgeous looking, uh, gorgeous new listing in in the orchard. Are you going to post that on there or or how are you going to treat that? You're going to get all real estate on them?
1: So I I would, if it was me, I would have two groups. I would have a real estate group for the for the area right. and then a community group. And then okay. the two can be connected. You can have them as joint. People can see them and you can share stuff from one to the other. So if you right. post in the real estate group, you can then share it. It takes a a little bit more work, but the nice thing with a a real estate group specifically, you don't need as much interaction and engagement as a community group. So you can run that without having a whole lot of work. And I know some people who have done that where they've run a, just a real estate group. Um, If you don't want to go down that route, you can do that, but you have to do it tactfully and tastefully, and that it's not all just bombarding people where I would be doing things in the local groups would be the local buy and sell groups. That's where I would be getting involved in posting your listings there. It doesn't have to be your group. So make sure you read the rules, make sure they're okay with you posting those kind of things, but then promoting it in those groups because it's still community focused. It's still the area that you're serving and people can see those and they're used to seeing the, the, the buy and sell and the real estate and things like that.
0: Cool. What are some of the other ideas? And, um, I don't want to, I don't want to tap into all of your secret sauce. And and thank you so (laughs) much for sharing everything today. This is awesome. And I'm sure everybody's going to love this content. But what are some of the other things? uh, What are some of the other ways you innovate with your marketing to reach out and make these connections?
1: Yeah. So one of the things that we did when I was doing my farm, and it was one of the best ways to grow our farm was we did a community neighborhood home prices report right so we did a a report we had a binder i don't have it here but uh we just got like a dollar store binder we had a a slip cover that went in the front of it and people and then we had uh inserts every month that would go out and it would be updates with the sales in the area we had a a newsletter that went out and if you're anyone's with keller williams and they've ever taken bold that's where i got the idea for from it was when you start with bold you get your binder at the beginning of bold and then each week you come back you get your kind of this week's homework and this week stuff. So I thought, well, people like hard copy, tangible things. They like yep. to hold on to things, and there's a much higher perceived value when people can hold on to it, and they'll read it. And I, again, I use my example all the time with reading. If I have a book and I ho- hold a copy of the book, there's much more value to me holding the book, flipping through the pages, and I, I, I have a higher intention behind it versus the hundreds of PDFs of books that I've downloaded that I mm. intended to read but never get to, lost in space. Exactly. So when we created this book, we, the binder, we then printed out each month and then we dropped it off each month. So we would go out. And so we had in our neighborhood, we had 3,600 homes. We had 450 people getting our report each month and we would go out and hand deliver it and drop it off. And that created an opportunity to have the conversation at the door. We were connecting with people. We were putting a face-to-face. We were saying people's names, saying, Hey, how, Joan, how are you, John, Jim, whatever. And that created a valuable Asset that people were holding onto, and when we go to an appointment, they'd literally have the binder with them, or it'd be sitting on the shelf, or it'd be sitting on the desk. So, what the nice thing with that is, we can then tie online and offline to that as well. You can use gotcha. online gotcha. strategies to to drive people to to get it. You can promote it in social media. You can get people uh, to join it that way. So that was a big growth for us, where we were able to get higher conversions from that. And I'll just give you a quick quick number on that. So we did the average turnover rate in our area was at the point thing it was like 6.3% turnover rate in the area for all across the orchard. Then we went and tracked the turnover rate for the people that were getting our report over the last year that when we were sending it, and it was two and a half times higher than the average turnover rate for the overall orchard. So that told was that people are getting this report have a much higher propensity to make a move because they requested it, they wanted to get this report. So we are increasing the chances of finding someone who is more likely to make a move. So that in itself is you're extracting a much higher chance to get it. Okay,
0: so this is not something you're just handing out in your area. This is something
1: that people are opting into are they opting into that with yes. a landing page? Or... We, it was door knocking, cold calling, open house. At any chance we could get out there, we would just okay. make a permission saying, how can we get people to put their hand up? And that's the key. And this is where okay. people have tried things where they just try blasting it to everyone. Yep. The value is in that it's, it's scarce and that yep. they have to request it and they have to want to get this. It's not something we just send to everyone. It was... Uh, a, Next level thing. It costs us yep. ten dollars each to put together, and then a dollar a month to to send out. So there was okay. a cost. We were not just mailing it to everyone.
0: Okay, you're doing it monthly or quarterly? Monthly. Yep. Monthly. The,
1: the binder is okay. once the one time binder, okay. and then the inserts were were sent.
0: Monthly. Okay, so you give them the binder. That's something that you've yep. set up, and then they've got the inserts that they can put in there. So exactly. they've already they've already made the investment, I guess, um uh, to get the binder. Then they're just adding. Um, exactly. Then they're
1: holding onto it. They're looking forward to that each month. And we've had yeah. people like, if we missed a date, they're like, Oh, where, where is it? We were, we were looking for the report and we were, they're adding it to it. And like I said, they would come through there and we got past a year and a half and we were like, Oh man, these people are running out of space in their binder. So we've not, we had to get p- bigger binders to us. Nice.
0: Nice, I like it. I like it. That's a, that's a very cool idea. And even if that was your, because you don't want to have fifty different ideas, do you? You just want to have have start with the ones that are going to, you know, exactly. start with the low hanging fruit. Where are the ones that? Uh, and you've just you've just told us that that was uh, that 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 was something that worked. Let's move towards just wrapping up, Ryan. And thanks thanks again for your time. And by the way, guys. Um, you learn more at launchyourfarm.com, L-A-U-N-C-H, yourfarm.com. And there you can connect with Ryan and learn more about uh, what he's up to. Check out his podcast. There's a lot of great content there. I know you're going to love it. Um, so, Ryan, um, I always like to finish with this question for like a rookie question. I'm new I'm new in real estate or I'm in my first year. Um, what are some of the sort of things, if I was working with you, if I had a cup, cup of coffee with you, and, uh, and I said, "Hey, Ryan, just started in real estate. I really like the farm concept. And you yep. told me about how to set things up. But um, g- give me just a little, give me two or three pointers on, sure. on how to how to hit the ground running.
1: If, if you're new, you don't have a big budget. The first thing I would do is get out your phone and start making videos. That is okay. one of the best thing you can do. And I would do local." Hyper local video. So, around the community, around the things that you're serving, and create content around that farm. So, the parks, the schools, the things that are happening in the area. And then, a big one I would really, really strongly suggest is focus on local businesses. Okay. Local businesses are especially in the last couple of years, have been hit the hardest. Yes. They usually are great at their business, but they're not great at marketing. They they have an audience, but they don't know how to reach more people. So yep. we have an opportunity to do three things with local videos with businesses. Yep. We have an opportunity to create content for our audience, which is huge. So now our audience that is following us has quality content that they can consume, that they're learning about things that are happening in the business. You get to build relationships with those local businesses who if they're in business obviously have clientele so they have an audience you get to build relationships with them so that they may think of you when they refer because they're going to want to potentially refer you out and yeah. what happens is when you get interviewed you are more, are more likely to share it and this is i share this all the time is if if i post a facebook ad for my business i don't go tell my friends and family that i po- did a facebook ad and I, I post it on there but if i'm featured on something if i'm interviewed by someone I'm going to go tell the world because it makes me feel good about myself. I'm going to go share that. So just like when we're done this interview and when it goes live, I'm going to go share that with my audience. So what happens is when you interview those local businesses, they're going to share it with their audience because they want to feel good about themselves. They want to show that they're champion for the community as well. And now you've exposed yourself to a much broader audience that, hopefully are in or around the area you serve. And it literally takes a couple minutes per video to do a little bit of editing. You don't have to do, much, you, know, you literally don't have to do anything. You could just do a live, hey, I'm going on live on Facebook, shoot a quick live video and talk with so-and-so who owns this business and just ask a few questions. And I think if you are brand new, that is one of the in- most inexpensive and best ways to do that. The one caveat You can to that. post
0: it to, to YouTube as well.
1: Exactly. And then yeah. c- c- the one caveat I will say to that is consistency is key. If you yeah. don't do it once, don't do it and then do it in three months from now. If you're going to do it, do it consistently. And it takes time to build because you have to build an audience. If you don't yeah. have an audience, that's a great way to start to slowly build your audience and get in front of more people. That is, in my opinion most underutilized strategy and one of the easiest and, and best uses of your time
0: i would agree 1000 percent. and the thing i like about a video is like okay you get a bit of instant appeal uh on um uh, instant coffee on um on facebook but within 10 days it's gone unless you start paying for it yep. uh, on youtube it's there and it's there forever, and it exactly. keeps growing if you've got the right content and you're you're adding to it all the time. Yep. Um, and I've had some uh, I've had some uh, uh, Levi from Dallas, Texas recently on the show, and uh, I've had some great people on the show talking about doing that, and they've had some terrific results. And they would say as well as you've just said, consistency is is so yep. important. So yep. awesome! All right, well, thank you so much. Awesome content here. Um, that's about 30 minutes, so that's, uh, that's a good time for the, for the podcast. Thank you very much for your time. I've been with Ryan Smith, uh, and you can learn more about Ryan at launchyourfarm.com. And thanks for having an easy URL to remember, Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> My pleasure. Okay, take care.
1: Thank you.